Crime in Hollywood, the podcast. What does that even mean? I can't, I can't look it up. Crime in Hollywood, the podcast. Well, here we go again. Why are you doing that? I don't even know what's happening. I'm just, it's hard not to watch. Look away. <laughs> now that's just weird. That is unfortunate. Crime in Hollywood, the podcast. Well, let's begin. Yay! Yeah! We did it. We're here again, guys. We made it. We're doing another episode. How exciting is that? I mean, it's pretty exciting. I'm excited. I don't know if you are, but I am. Now, the only reason I'm excited is because we have, I don't know, four or five different things we're going to talk about today. They have became our subjects for today's episode. And I'm, I'm excited to be able to do something like this for you and have the response that I've gotten, okay? Because obviously, I could sit here and say, yeah, yeah, we're doing so good because we started out doing mostly true crime. And I'll tell you what, I feel like it's been a while. <laughs> I certainly feel like it has been a while since we've done true crime. But then again, that's because every time I find myself doing true crime, and, and believe me, when you're looking for celebrities that have committed crimes, especially these days, it's not too hard. The information is out there. But it's like, uh, most of us, hear, we, we've heard it. We know the news. We've 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 heard other people cover it, and I'm just like, well, let's let's cover everything else, everything else that has anything to do with Hollywood, okay? And we do cover some crimes. We cover celebrities that are doing bad shit. Uh, we don't cover specifically the celebrities' growth and all this stuff, like where they came from. But we definitely cover a vast array of what I would consider crimes in Hollywood, okay? And I, I realize you guys enjoy this for many reasons. I don't know what it is specifically, but I just keep doing what I do, and the response has only gotten big, okay? It's huge now. In the beginning, even when it was just true crime, uh, it was good, but seeing numbers, seeing people still supporting the show and listening the way that you do, even after I've changed the show the way that I have. That's an amazing thing. That's an amazing deal, and it means a lot to me. It means that I think uh, regardless of what I talk about, you're going to come and listen. But I will say episodes like this are some of the easier ones because I have subjects. I have things that I want to talk about. But I do have a lot of fun when I can just start recording and we go look. We go find the information. We go find the news, okay? Many podcasts talk about the news, guys. We, we know that. There's millions of them. No, I don't know. But there is a lot of podcasts that strictly cover news topics. And every time I see them, they have, a, they have paper in front of them much like a news channel. Like, look at it. Look, guys, we, we printed out <laughs> the articles. Isn't that crazy? That's old. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, I mean, good for them. But I feel like there's a lack of authenticity there. And by us 
going and finding these articles in the episode, I mean, that's as real as it gets, folks. This is the UFC. It's as real as it gets. If I'm looking for the information, if I'm talking about this information, it's live. It's happening right now, right in front of me. In most episodes, not so much today because I have stuff to talk about already, but overall, you come in here to the you know the recording area, I hit record, and then, then I just go online. I type in news and find out what the fuck's going on because you know I'm not a person that absorbs the news like that anyways. My news comes from obscure places as it is, so to sit here and think like, oh, well, if he wasn't, if he wasn't look Googling it, he wouldn't have... No, I, I mean, I would Google it anyways. I'd look it up there anyways. That's the main place that I would go for my news. It's a reliable so- source. I don't know. I have no idea. But when you're strictly looking for celebrity news or famous people news, it is, it is a great place. The internet has all of it. Because what, what is news to you isn't always news to me, and vice versa. So once again, this is Crime in Hollywood, and today we got five different things to talk about. We're going to start with some very interesting things going on in the Hollywood area, in the California region. And then we're going to talk about some things that have been created <laughs> around those areas, or essentially based from there. So let's get started. Right now. Okay, so first up here we have the story of Brian Callen. Okay, we've heard the news. We've, we've heard the different allegations that have came out. The different people that have the the women that have came forward saying, you know, Brian Callen isn't this funny podcaster comedian guy that so many have thought that he was. He's a vicious animal, and he needed to be stopped. We've heard these articles, we've read them, we've we've done all that. But as of recent news, I've seen some stuff on Twitter between him and Jen Kirkman, who is apparently a, another comedian. And I'm not even sure how they know each other or what the reason is behind conversing or dialogue between each other. But it's gotten to the point where Callan has said some things like, hey, come on my podcast if you want to spread rumor, whatever. You know, they called each other out or, or he called her out. And then you find her Twitter is private. So I don't know what that means, but it definitely doesn't say that she's in the right. I don't, I don't know. Uh, a lot of people jumped on her, I would imagine. But the real article, the real, the main reasoning for the, all of this is simply um, Callan is suing, I believe Gabriel Tigerman is his name, and he is the husband of the, I believe, the first woman to come forward about about Brian Callan. And he's the husband. Now, she came forward and said what she had to say, but Brian Callen has since continued to try to work. He's tried to continue to do this or that. But Tigerman, the woman, her husband is the one stopping him from 
doing a podcast or being a guest on a podcast or being in a show. He is stopping her. You know, the husband (laughs) is doing all of this to shut him down. And I get it. I get it. Because that, to me, just means that uh, Gabriel thinks for sure that he has enough evidence that whatever happened between Brian Callen and his wife was real, was legit, to the point where he is trying to ruin his career. He's making sure that this dude doesn't somehow continue to make money, continue to entertain. And fine, man, go for it. But Callen is suing him because of this. Callen said, hey, man, you're fucking trying to ruin my life. But, you know, you can't do what you did, man. You can't do that. And then also to be a person who does a podcast and says, don't do this, don't do that, only to find out that you've done it, makes it look even even worse. And then to be on a show called Schooled and the Goldbergs, making great money, living a great life, knowing that you, you've done these shitty things before. Real shitty things. It makes sense. You know, that to me just tells me also that this... Um, husband, he fucking loves his wife, you know? He's going out of his way to make sure that no matter what it, what anybody else is willing to do to try to get Brian Callen on their show or what have you, he's going to stop him. Because he's not, I guess in my mind, I think he's like, well, I'm not going to let this guy lie. I'm not going to let him go out there on these giant platforms and lie to an audience. You know, try to say that he didn't do what he did. Which, again, makes me believe that this Gabrielle guy, this Gabriel guy, knows for sure that something happened between his wife and Brian Callen. But, you know, Callen is, uh, I don't know what his people have told him because he's not reacting like Chris D'Elia. He's not hiding. He's not running away. He's essentially taking all of this on and I don't know if his people told him this or because he is innocent he's doing this I don't know it's hard to read into any of it but at the same time it's like how do you not know that that's not an okay thing I don't just I don't understand that I don't understand it from Chris D'Elia taking out his dick to Brian Callen forcefully taking these women in dressing rooms and shit how do you think that that's okay? I don't I don't know. I guess you see something different in the mirror than everybody else. Because you must think that you're some sort of a god where you can just do these things and there's no repercussions. And yeah, man, it sucks that once you have something to lose, it all comes crashing down on your head. That's terrible. Okay? Why didn't they take you down at the beginning of your career when you had nothing? What's the point? What's the point? What's the gain, right? Take them down at their height. Take them down when everything is going very well. I don't know the game, but it makes more sense that way, right? But it's also like if this thing was so tragic and it happened to you and it was so bad, why wouldn't you have said something or done something then? But it also, it's the mentality. It's like how it affects you. 
right? I mean, I'm a guy. I don't know how it would be to have somebody forcibly take me in a sense, you know? So I can't say, but from my perspective, it's like, yeah, that would be so traumatic where you could just bury it down and never speak of it again because saying something about it will take away your career. You know, things are going well for you. That happened, or did it happen? I'll bl- I'll blank it out, pretend as if it never occurred. I don't know for sure, but still, you could you could argue either way, where it's like, yeah, if it happened to me, you would think I would have said something, but at the same time, I was so traumatized by it that I wanted to pretend it didn't, it wasn't real. Because also mentioning it or bringing it up at all is only going to make those around me that I am working with and those that are working with him take sides and then we have my career being destroyed everyone I don't know it is such a fucked up situation but the whole thing is is like why do you think that's okay why does any guy think that that's an okay fucking thing to do okay Chris D'Elia just taking his dick out just taking it out like that's a whole nother level you obviously think you have this grandiose imagination that you are something that gets away with these things because everybody wants you. I would imagine maybe in like the 1960s, 70s, celebrities would have that type of power. You know? Where they were worshipped. But it's like today, it's like anybody who has any, you know, little bit of Instagram following thinks they're famous. Right? So they believe they have that same allure where anybody who wants who tries to be around them and wants their attention obviously wants sex. That's what they think. That has to be what they think. Because no average dude is like, yeah, man, any girl wants me, all I have to do is take it out. Because guess what? They were looking for it already. Here it is. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. And I believe it goes both ways, Right? Girls that like to have their tits hanging out wherever they go. Like, I don't think it, to some people, specifically myself, obviously to myself, I'm doing this episode, but sometimes there is a place where your tits should be inside, okay? There's moments where you should be thinking, I shouldn't be trying to turn people on. I should just be a person. I should make people want to hear my voice instead of looking at my nipples, right? But who am I? I'm just a person, just an average person. I don't know what the fuck goes on out there, but it is my speculation. And I think, you know, the the real the Burt Reynolds, okay, the guys that were around the sex symbols of those times, they they definitely probably had more of a. Here it is. Do you want it? No. See ya. I mean, even the rock star stories that we hear. You're telling me that there's not those guys weren't up to no good. But at the same time, they, everybody kind of knew what they were getting themselves into. They didn't have a name for it for no reason. You weren't called a groupie because you just had a team. Okay? It's very weird. But that was a thing. We can't deny it. If we're going to talk about all of this, then we must talk about all of it. Right? There's nothing off limits when it comes to this. Everything must be put on the table. It's not, 
well, that doesn't matter because it was this time and this era. Well, it should. It should if we're if we're allowed to go back to the 90s and go back even further with uh, Harvey Weinstein. Okay, everybody should be on trial then for shit like that. Okay, Roman Roman Polanski is still somehow putting out movies. Most people know what he did, and we're supposed to just be like, oh, it's fine, it's fine. He, you know, he statute of limitations, folks. I don't know. Now, another thing going on in Hollywood, in California, is fires. Burning down, guys. Legitimately, Hollywood is burning. And what the hell? I'm telling you right now. Outside of the fact that traveling sucks so bad, especially when you're doing it for for your job, you can't really enjoy the traveling. I can understand staying in a place that has this issue, okay? It's the main place that actors are going to be able to find work, so that's fair. But now, I mean, once you make your millions, you know, once you make those millions and you pretty much get handed scripts and you can say yes or no, like a Leonardo DiCaprio or a Johnny Depp, wouldn't you just be somewhere else anyways? Like, dude, I don't have to live in Hollywood or California at all. In fact, hate the place. Because I'm telling you, man, if I was if I was to ever do anything like that or be able to somehow have that experience, why would Hollywood be your choice? It is so expensive. When you can have you can hire the exact same architect who built whatever house you like. Build it somewhere else, <laughs> you know? And also, what difference does it make? Like, how many celebrities do you hear claiming Los Angeles or claiming Hollywood? None. I I rarely even hear about rappers that claim Los Angeles, you know? Seems like it's not as big of a deal as they think, or I don't know. I guess I'm just confused. As the as, like, what's the necessity of having a place where we're supposed to believe the movie premieres are always held and the most famous people are always seen? I don't get it. There's this constant rumor that the world has spread that for some reason. It's it's a famous person playground in Hollywood. But I just don't believe that. I don't believe that. I don't think you're going out there, walking the streets of Hollywood, and you're going to see fucking Brad Pitt, you know, uh, David Schwimmer. Is he in Hollywood? Is he even famous enough? You might even see him. I'm sorry, David. <laughs> but still, the point is, is, do you really think that that's even an option? I think it's so spread out. It's so spread out that you're not going to even run into those people. They're shopping at places 
you can't get into. Right? Because what's the chances you're going to run into Jennifer Aniston at a gas station? You think she's getting her own gas? She gets in a car and someone takes her. Or her car is full of gasoline. That's another thing that's always been so weird about celebrities that buy cars. Like, dude, why are you buying a car? Are you trying to let people know that it's you? You know? Because if there's anybody out there that really has an issue with you, all they have to do is find your car that you've been taking photos with in a magazine, right? Hey, there's, you know, there's Seinfeld, for sure. There's his Porsche. We've seen it 30,000 times. And it is stupid to have a bunch of cars when you only have one body, right? Like, how many times can you wear them? Wear them. I was thinking about having one body and owning a bunch of shoes. Same concept. Like, I have 3,000 pairs of shoes, but I have two feet. So, real conundrum, but I like the variety. Fine, fine. It's your money, man. Do what you want with it. But to live in a place where it could eventually all burn to the ground, oh, seems wasteful. Seems like you could do other things with it. Seems like if Los Angeles people, the richest and most wealthy in our country... I would have I mean I guess maybe besides like New York, I don't know. But these people that claim this place or not not even claim it really, but live there, work there, you would assume that they would do more for the area. Like where's Harrison Ford? Right? Why isn't he building some something that can keep this from happening? Keep the some sort of a system in there that keeps fires from spreading, some sort of sprinkler system. I don't know. But they have the money to do things, okay? They're building their own islands in Dubai. I think we can manage keeping this place from burning to the fucking ground every year. <laughs> it's still a place we, the, in, in your mind that you wouldn't mind visiting. Because you think about it like that. Oh, I could go out there and run in a, you know, any number of whoever. Because you think that they just run around. Like Ray Liotta's just hanging out downtown. There he is. I don't think it happens like that. But also to be that famous, wouldn't you want to be in a place where people can't bother you or won't bother you? It's impossible to do so, right? Plus things are way cheaper. I mean, to make a million dollars one time and then to go live in some random county in Michigan or Ohio or something, Wyoming, bro, you're going to look like a king. I'm building a castle for sure. Okay? I'm so sick of people bragging that they live in a mansion. Ooh, you have a mansion? I got a castle. You know how much it cost me? $35,000. Yeah. Bizarre. Oh, how much land? How much land, you say, in Wyoming? 200 acres. What's it? What? what? Yeah, we ride dirt bikes and... Just so much land, dude. I actually, uh, I built a, a skate park on one end. I don't even skate, you know, just for the kids. Pretty cool stuff. Really enjoying it. Real cheap. Not a, I don't pay anything. I bought it outright, hundred grand, 
200 acres, bang. And it's all mine forever. My family will get to have it forever. They can divide it up. More people can live on other parts of the land. It's really just it was really just a great investment. And because I I still have so much money and I own all this property, I bought a small plane. And, uh, you know, the flights back and forth to my job in Los Angeles, it's easy. In fact, I drive sometimes because I have four cars. (laughs) But it does suck, man. I just saw something in the news about uh, Cali fires uh, making the city. The city is now uh, closed down. Get out. Run. All bad. And the news that I was kind of reading on a few weeks ago was that the fires originated from a gender reveal. I don't know for sure, but I know that that had something to do with it. It's what I had been hearing. And now the city is like, the whole thing is like, guys, we gotta go. This is, we're gonna have to come back. I don't know. I I guess I'm also saying that the whole celebrity things, um, not having to be in Los Angeles, it encompasses the whole thing with Joe Rogan and him now being in Texas. And I suppose it's uh, he got out just in time before everything started to burn to the ground. Because my first thoughts were, hey man, who's going to take over his compound? Who's going to buy his studio area? His man cave, whatever that garage thing was, airplane hangar, whatever it was, who's going to get that? But it might not even be there very much longer. So Joe Rogan has taken off to Texas, right? He left California. He's on his own. He doesn't, you know, he's not relying on making a podcast that is valuable to everybody who essentially got him where he is, okay? You know, we're not seeing episodes with him and Ari Shafir, Segura, Kreischer, Joey Diaz. (laughs) <laughs> Instead, we're getting these episodes with him hanging out with, uh, you know, paleontologists and <laughs> forensic scientists. Like, what the fuck is happening, dude? Just the, it, it would be better, okay? It would be better if Joe took the co- uh, comedic perspective. Essentially, be funny, right? Go into these intellectual conversations and podcasts and try to be funny. You might know some of the information. You might have some stories in relation to whatever they have to say. But it's not, you're not drawing an audience. Because I thought you got a Spotify deal 
not NPR. So unless Joe is getting just drastically fucked up every episode he's done in inside of that toaster, I can't imagine that this show is doing better on Spotify than it was when he was doing it by himself, essentially. Because the last six episodes outside of Ron White has been nothing but, I don't know, nerds. Nerd after nerd. And I'll tell you what, a podcast that I would enjoy that did that would be if a host was being funny about it. Went in and had these conversations with these people and because they didn't know the subject matter and made it, like if Bobby Lee you know, was to have one of these forensic scientists or whatever, specialist, whatever, these super smart dudes on Tiger Belly. I guarantee you, you're going to enjoy it that much better than Joe Rogan because Joe is, he has been called a smart guy, so he's got to live up to it. So he's got to pretend like he knows everything that these people are talking about when the reality is he doesn't. Nobody does. But we didn't come to Joe Rogan because we were like, this guy knows everything. We were like, the way he questions the things is what makes it interesting. But he's not doing it for funny anymore. I I would imagine we don't see another Rogan special. That's just my theory. But I also have heard about this Comedy Store special thing that's coming out. Uh, this guy... Mike Binder is going to be doing a documentary or has been doing a documentary for Showtime, of all places, about the comedy store. And I just feel like that's so weird. Because of all of the places where some of the greatest comedians are coming from, it's the comedy store, right? Tom Segura, Burt Kreischer, you know... uh, Rogan, of course, or just all the guys, Bill Burr, anybody who's made their mark at the comedy store obviously should be featured in this documentary and has been. But why the fuck would they sell it to Showtime? Because most of these comedians are on Netflix. So it seems like you're defeating the purpose of creating the documentary if you think most of your fan base is watching Showtime. it's it, To me, that's an obvious sign that they, they're out of touch. They don't know where their audience is. Okay, because if, if uh, Tom Segura is making, you know, $10 million off of uh, every single special he's put on Netflix... Right? Bill Burr, same thing. Rogan, Kevin Hart. All these fucking Los Angeles comedians. Where are their specials? Netflix. But they said, hey man, we're going to do a documentary about the place where these guys really got their start. And we're going to put it on Showtime. Because, you know, that makes the most sense. What in the f- I don't get it. I don't know how their minds work. They're like, hey, where did Brendan Schaub put his special? Because we want to go there. (laughs) Is it showtime? Well, we're in. 
I don't know why show. Uh, how was Showtime even an option? It seems the first option should have been Netflix for sure. Now either Netflix was negligent in in realizing the importance of the documentary coming to their place and let it go somewhere else so it's kind of Netflix's fault or Mike Binder and whoever else is producing this thing are fucking morons. And I'll tell you what, it's a little weird when you hear about these guys that had people like Eddie Murphy opening up for them doing stand-up. And you're like, you did stand-up? What? Because I guess the guy also interviewed comedian Annie Letterman, and she doesn't know anything about any of the other comedy store comedians like Richard Pryor, you know? And I'm not saying that doesn't make her unfunny, but you can't be a history teacher without knowing history, right? At least not a a legit history teacher. So if we were to put the idea of learning comedy into the form of schooling, like a college, like you went to college for four years to study comedy, the same way that you would do so many other jobs, wouldn't knowing the other comedians who have came before you be part of the part of the syllabus? Right? I would think so. Now, due to the fact that you don't go to college for comedy, anybody who becomes a comedian in any form should have been schooled. They should school themselves. It's kind of bullshit that these people get this recognition as comedians and have no idea who came before them. Because that's negligent on your part. That's you saying that you don't care enough about comedy to even think, hey man, maybe somebody else told this joke. Or hey man, maybe I'm exactly like something else that has came before me. And that's another reason why I can sit here and say there's a good chance Annie Letterman goes nowhere. Okay? Enjoy podcasting because that's where you're going to be. Okay? Learn up. Learn up. That's what it is. Because there is n- there is no other information about this. There is no actual schooling. No one's going to tell you who who did what, how they did it, how they worded it, their energy. All these different things that you got to learn about performing on stage, telling jokes, and you don't know anybody? So you started doing stand-up comedy because what? You watched Chelsea Handler once? It's It doesn't make any sense to me. That... And this this goes for anybody. Not, I just know for a fact that this is what she said. But any other comedian who thinks they can do stand-up and you don't know Eddie Murphy bits, you don't know Mitch Hedberg, Greg Giraldo, Patrice O'Neill, George Carlin, Richard Pryor, Richard Lewis. I mean, the, the list goes on, folks. The list goes on. And if you don't know any of those seven names that are I pick out of a hat at random, Don't call yourself a comedian. And also, call yourself a comedian, fine, but don't go and try to tell other people how to do comedy. You don't get that right. You don't get that option. Okay, you don't get to say anything about it because you truly don't know. You only know comedy that you do and the comedy of people that do comedy around you. Outside of that, you're a student. 
you're still learning. And that's in comparison to a lot of podcasters who have never even done stand-up. There's a lot of people that do podcasts that know more about comedy, more about comedians, than actual comedians themselves. And that I don't think that's how it should be. But due to that fact, that is why you see success from comedians who are podcasters, excuse me, podcasters who have never stepped foot on stage. They're not famous by any means. They just know how to be funny because they know the world of comedy. Not every podcast is like that. Not every podcaster is like that. But when it comes to calling yourself a comedian, especially a stand-up, you should know comedy. 100%. Don't just throw a fucking name out there that you've heard other people say all the time. Have your own thoughts. Choose your favorite. But do your research, right? Don't come to me and sit here and say, oh yeah, Joe Rogan from the podcast and have no idea that he's done stand-up for many, many years before he was ever successful, okay? These things are a must-know. Yes, these people end up doing other things, okay? Don't come up to me and say you really like Bill Burr when you saw him in King of Staten Island and have no idea, you know, and you're sitting around waiting for his next movie instead of his next stand-up special in which he really shines, okay? Don't, don't tell me that you really enjoyed the Larry Sanders show but you have no idea that Gary Shandling is the actual guy that played him and he's a fucking phenomenal stand-up comedian, right? Don't do that. Stay in your lane, at the very least. And if that's what's happening on her end, fine. But I also don't think that's the case. It's like, dude, I'm not sitting here saying that there's no lane for being a, a female comedian who... Strictly tells jokes, you know, where her bra strap is showing, like that kind of comedy. There's a place for it. There's a lane for it, okay? The drunk, whatever. Okay, the same thing in in male comedians. We need that guy who takes his shirt off, right? We need the guy who has a drink in his hand while he tells jokes, okay? Just as much as we need the girl who talks about her vagina the whole time and expresses to us that it is some sort of ferocious beast that no one should ever ever uh, speak of. Whatever, okay? There's lanes for all of those things, for sure. But every single one of those people should still be just as educated as the guy who tells jokes like Seinfeld. Okay? Set up, punch, but know your stuff. Because otherwise, when, when other comedians find out that you aren't schooled, when when you think George Carlin's real name his name is George Carlton, okay? When you when you say you're a stand-up comedian, don't get mad when people get upset at the fact that for some fucking reason you're successful. Expect the backlash. That's what happens when people that lack talent or at least foundation for where they are, eh, well, fuck them. You know, but we're going to close this out with two other quick things here. And it is uh, Burt Kreischer. He has a show coming out to Netflix. Big surprise. Was I going to say Showtime? No, I wasn't because you knew. And they should know. I mean, Burt Kreischer's team knew. Where should we go, Burt? Hey, where did Burt's Showtime special go? (gasps) Did it go to Netflix? Yeah. 
But, you know, when you make a Comedy Store special, Mike Binder, make sure you go to Showtime because that's where you're going to get the most views. <laughs> Dude, who has fucking cable anymore anyways? You better have a Hulu subscription with the stars or Showtime package added on if you're going to see it, all right? Or just bootleg that shit. But I think really what's going to happen is it's going to go without... no who. If the first place that anybody heard about this documentary is the Bill Burt podcast... There's a good chance that it just, it's dust in the wind. It's gone. It's not going to, no one's going to watch it, okay? Those that watch it are going to be people that happen to have Showtime on their TV just running. They're not actually going to see it, but it'll be on. But Burt Kreischer's Cabin will get watched. Why? It's on a great streaming service that fucking everybody has. Everybody's already got it. Nobody has Showtime, Okay? Because everything that's on Showtime will eventually be on Hulu or Netflix. So it's kind of bizarre that they wouldn't have just went there first. Considering everybody who's in the documentary is on Netflix. It doesn't add up. Okay? And if they put Brendan Schaub in the Comedy Store documentary, bro. Why? What? It, don't watch it. What is the point? But anyways, The Cabin, Burt Kreischer, it's a, it's a show... That you would think would feature a bunch of his comedian friends. It doesn't. It features a bunch of people who are in movies and host TV shows. And they're doing other things besides stand-up comedy at drive-ins. Okay? Everybody that's on this show with Burt are not on Burt's level. They're so much more famous. Anthony Anderson, Joel McHale, Nikki Glaser, uh, Caitlyn Jenner. Like, wh- I don't know what the show is supposed to be. I don't know what the premise is, what the point is, other than, hey, look at this fat guy. Okay, but outside of that, what is it? Look at this fat guy hanging out with people who will never be his friend. Not for real. They're not going to be friends with a guy who doesn't brush his teeth and showers in a pool. Okay? Average people wouldn't be friends with him. Okay, now Adam Sandler also has a movie coming out, and this was a bizarre find. It, it should be out a little before Halloween, around the same time as The Cabin. You know where it's going? Not Showtime. Probably Netflix, and I, I'm pretty sure Netflix. But it's some sort of a Halloween movie. He's the main character, of course. Kevin James, Nick Swartzen, you know, his crew. But then there's also a bunch of new faces that you see in here. And it's bizarre because it's a bunch of Disney kids. Like four different Disney girls. I don't know. They definitely aren't on Disney anymore. But that's all they've been known for. And I I mean I get it. Right? I get it. But how many times have we seen Adam Sandler movies? Where there's some sort of a girl that's in the movie. She's a big part of it. But you don't see her in anything else again ever. What the hell? It's like how did you find... This phenomenal actress, super pretty, but then, you know, and she's in an Adam Sandler movie playing next to him, but afterwards you never hear about her again. She does nothing else. I don't, how does that happen? I mean, the same thing, you can say the same thing about Ice Cube. Many of the movies that Ice Cube has done has featured a beautiful leading lady that you never see again in another movie. I don't know why that is. Because in my mind, it seems like the girl who lands a job for Ice Cube 
or Adam Sandler would think, well, this is my break. This is me getting in. I'm working alongside this guy. <laughs> I mean, hello, there's going to be a lot of views. Hello, Marty, hello, McFly. Anyways, very crazy, but comedy store documentary should definitely be on Netflix. It doesn't make any sense otherwise. What's the point in even making it if you know for sure that the biggest fans of the Los Angeles comedians aren't going to be able to see it? It's <laughs> it's a dumb move. But either way, guys, thank you so much. You know, you guys mean the world listening to this podcast uh, as many times as you do. I try to get out as many episodes as I can, but as you see, I put out a long episode this time just because I, I, I waited. You know, I conjured up a bunch of stuff I wanted to talk about. There's only five or six things here, but overall, we, we, we dove into it pretty hard, and I'm happy with it. I hope you are as well. And if you want more, if you want extra stuff, you want behind-the-scenes exclusive music and all this different random stuff that I do, please visit patreon.com slash podculture. And continue to support the show that you already love. It means the world. It really does. It really, really does. It's $3 is the lowest tier, all the way up to the $100 tier featuring some real behind-the-scenes. Uh, either way, a lot of new stuff coming. Uh, be on the lookout. This has been uh, Crime in Hollywood. Thank you so much.